We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. For more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Welcome to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. I'm Ken, Certified Financial Planner. And Ethan, good afternoon. Hey, Ken, how's it going today? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it every week. Um, good. Simon Liu is here in the studio, our uh, producer extraordinaire. He's almost like a magician. He is. He's pulling stuff out of his hat. I don't even know how he's doing it. Um, this show is designed to share with you prudent techniques to increase your wealth through better financial decision-making, whether that be through the way you're managing your investments and or through the financial planning decisions you're making. could be planning for retirement, asset protection, through proper various insurance coverages and techniques, estate planning, making sure you're transferring and protecting the assets that you have for your heirs and charitable causes that you want to support. And uh, what are the other components of financial planning, Ethan? I think you're pretty familiar with that. <laughs> well, there's lots of different aspects. Oh, okay. I think the main thing uh, I would say is that, uh, you know, they're not really independent things. Most of your finances are really interrelated and are best examined through a, a lens that allows you to view them as such, you know, as a combined, um, some type of overall method that accounts for a variety of issues in one final solution, you know. There are a lot of interdependencies out there. Yeah, no, that's a great, great point. There are a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts. And I think sometimes we get busy in our day-to-day life and uh, supporting our families and mm-hmm. pursuing our career interests and other hobbies and goals. That it's, it's, it can be challenging to take the time or want to force yourself to take the time to re-examine all those moving parts. And so hopefully if you're listening to the show, we're... Throughout the year, um, dripping ideas on you that uh, you can utilize or maybe just to remind you to, hey, I don't know if I was engaging in that. I don't know if I'd taken advantage of that. or So maybe it's a fear that you've had that um, you know, we can help you address sure. or a concern or some action or inaction that, that uh, maybe wasn't empirically based as we talk about on the show, uh, mm-hmm. being an empirical investor is looking for the evidence. You know, in, in when making decisions, moving from that uh, that emotional side to the rational side of of, of the decision making process can help make you more profitable over the long run. And exactly right. Yeah, great book. I was um, I'm reading another book on uh, behavioral finance or neuroeconomics or whatever you want to call it, and um, just finishing up the section on uh, relativity and how we make decisions. Um, and part of that is uh, an anchoring process too, as well that gets tied in. And what that means uh, is we are not always making decisions from a clean slate. Um, <laughs> Frequently and, not, probably. Right. With the, we've got the biases of the past, and sometimes those biases can be very recent, so we walk into a store, we're making a financial decision. One of the things that we as humans like to do is have something to compare against. We have a hard time figuring out what something is worth uh, or the value of something 
in isolation. Meaning, if I go into the store to buy a TV and I haven't done a lot of shopping around, um, I'm going to look at the various TVs available in that store to get an to get an an idea of what the relative value is. And so I'll look at a 30-inch TV, I may look at a 40-inch TV, and then mm-hmm. I may look at a 50-inch TV. Um, my value or what I'm willing to pay for that 50-inch TV uh, is going to be relative to what I think the value of the prices are on the 40 and the 30 inch TV. So it's it's an interesting science that, you know, there was a, one of the studies that the, the author talks about, and his name is Dan Ariel, he's on NPR all the time. Um, one of the studies he talked about, Ethan, I thought was kind of interesting, was yeah. uh, they had students and basically they had various items, a couple of bottles of wine, um, and then some other technology items uh, that they go through like a, a mouse or, you know, wireless keyboard or mm-hmm. something. But they had them write down the last four digits of their social, uh, or the last two digits of their social security number right. next to each item. And and then they um, had them bid on the items and say what they would pay for each of these items. And at the end of the result, they asked, were you affected by um, having to write down the, the last two digits of your social security number and the students uh, in the study said no of course not that's ridiculous well, when they cataloged the data though they found that there was a very large significance in those individuals who had the last two digits which were higher say they had a, the last two digits were 92 instead of 22 mm-hmm. um, those with a higher digits actually bidded higher on all the items right um and so there was a strong relationship so that's an example of how quickly we can anchor on to things um that really have no rational basis in how we're making the decision nothing to do with it right shouldn't right right your last two you may argue other like in the tv case maybe you could say well there's some relative value there that helps me to make a decision but um we can be affected in this way in all of our financial decisions. And once you realize this, once you start to study and read this, uh, there's a lot of different effects or things that we do. You can then start to put into place a, uh, a strategy that helps you to make better decisions. Right. Saying, hey, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to as much as I can. And one of that we talk about is when it comes to the investment management or the financial planning advice, um, Delegating some of that over to a qualified professional can help because certainly when we're dealing with someone else's um, financial portfolio, we're less emotionally connected to it. And on that, why don't you give out our contact information, Ethan? Sure. And uh, yeah, our, you can, we re- can help them. You can reach us uh, here in the Seattle office. You can give us a call directly. Just ask for Ken or Ethan and mention you, you heard us on the radio. Uh, our number is 800-923-4307. Again, that's right in, the, in Seattle here. And, of course, you can reach us via email as well at uh, contact at empiradio.com. And as usual, if you give us a, a shout or ask a, ask a question, we read on the air, we'll type we'll up an email. Send you one of our favorite books as well. And if you're an individual investor looking for help, obviously we'd love to to talk with you about your specific circumstances and how we might be able to help you make the most of, of your investments in, in financial life. And also, if you're a professional investor out there looking to partner up with a very well-established firm that has a great track record, uh, great infrastructure, help you grow your business, we'd love to speak with you as well. Again, the number, 800-923-4307 or contact at empiradio.com. Great. Ethan, I, I didn't set an agenda. I thought we could kind of have an open discussion today. Okay. And, um, you know, maybe take some of the recent questions that we've heard from uh, clients, prospects, the public, and listeners, and uh, bat those around a little bit. Sure. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I got one. I'm sure you do, too. I mean, we, we've we all been caught up. At least I have, anyway. Well, let's see what's in the mail. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of our mailbag. A lot of what's in the news these days focuses around the the debt ceiling coming up here. The and we were told uh, by the Treasury Secretary that August second was the day that we needed to have a a budget in place, budget approved, 
you know, to help avert uh, some type of financial catastrophe. And so the, a lot of the news in the last couple of weeks has been focused a lot around that, uh, the, the back and forth going on in Washington between the different parties and things and the different ways they propose to tackle the deficit in the budget. So that's one thing that, I mean, we could talk a little bit about anyway. What, what, do, you, what do you think of that? Uh, yeah, I would like to talk about that. And, right. you know, we talked um, a little bit in, in context of that. Uh, we were going to talk about Social Security, and you had written some little paper. Yeah, uh, right. Recently about that, and I think it even uh, is more relevant given this discussion about our national debt. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, trying to get the deficit under control and the status of our economy. And the question is, Ethan, should I be concerned about receiving my Social Security payments? Uh, will I? Should I be adjusting my financial plan? And if you're an advisor out there, you've you know this is a show for advisors as well. You've probably had to address that question: Is do I put Social Security in the in the retirement plan that I'm building for my clients? Right. Some of them, some clients say, "Hey, I don't, I don't even want to count on that." Right. Because I don't think it's going to be here when I'm ready to take it. Um, how do you address that? And and maybe do you want? Do you mind if we talk about that now? That sounds good. We got a couple minutes before the break. <laughs> sure. Um, and then we'll kind of come back around to the deficit. All right. Uh, or the budget, the the ceiling, the debt ceiling, and. I'd like to address that. Should you be? We've had some calls about that with relate to uh, treasuries. We own treasury bonds, right? But in a broader sense, even bigger picture on your investment. I mean, the market's up a few hundred points, a couple hundred points today. I'm sorry, uh, which is Wednesday. We record this one day before airing. Um, so, you know, why is the market so volatile from day to day, and what does it mean? But let's start. We can only tackle one issue at a time, Ethan. <laughs> Let's start with your uh, view on the Social Security. I mean, should we should we be heading for Z Hills, or um, are we going to get hammered on this deal? Right. Yeah. No. My, my view is is probably not. Uh, my view. It's very unlikely that, at least certainly for current beneficiaries, or at least folks who are, uh, I would say, within striking distance, maybe fifty five or older that they would, I think it's very unlikely that they would see their benefits reduced or changed. Um, you know, looking at the, one of the things I looked at when crafting up our quarterly letter here most recently, when, in which we talked about this very topic, was the, um, the report that's done uh, annually uh, from the folks who, um, who, who manage the, the trust fund, basically, for Social Security. And that report... I have it here, actually. I can get the, the exact name. You can look it up on the website if you want to take a look at it. Uh, not our website specifically, but it is out there. The 2011 annual report of the Board of Trustees of the Federal Old Age and Survivors Insurance and Federal Disability Insurance Trust Fund. So that's the report <laughs> I was reviewing, uh, at least in part, to uh, to get a sense of, hey, wh- how, how serious is this issue? And, and it is a serious thing. I mean, it isn't something that we take lightly at all. But at the end of the day, there are some really seemingly relatively minor things that they could do to, to shore up Social Security. Um, if the health, which has been around for a long period of time, was exhausted, um, most of us, or people who are receiving benefits, would still continue to receive 77% of the, the promised benefits. What? Yeah, isn't that amazing? It's kind of shocking. Okay, hold on right there. All right. We'll take a quick break. I think you got everyone on the edge of their seat here. We'll be right back. All right. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. 
Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. We are talking currently about Social Security, right? And uh, you know, with the uh, sky high uh, budget deficit, I was rolling around in my car over the weekend with my kids, Ethan, and I was listening to uh, one of the AM channels. I like to hear what's out there, and um, it was another one of those paid uh, gold programs. And everybody, you know, so everybody now is is got some kind of English accent lately. The gold guy now does. Really? Like, you go get gold. You go get it. You go get because gold is going through the roof. Uh, it's going through the roof. It's going through the roof. It's, it's only begun. It will continue to the, go through the, the roof. gold rush. And he was saying, yeah. what he was saying was, it was like, he said, in the last, uh, I thought he said a couple hundred years, the amount of gold that they actually have mined could only fill up two Olympic-sized swimming pools. That's it. Because they're not making more of it. Is that it? It's what's in the ground is what's in the ground. <laughs> and it's all going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> so it was like that. And then I noticed on CNBC they have a, d- a dude. And uh, yeah. I was watching something else. Uh, well, it's all over the internet. Like everywhere. It's everywhere. Why, why is that? I mean, I like the English accent. That's why you do it. I, I do do it sometimes. But I just didn't. Why, for the last 30 years, I haven't noticed it. And then all of a sudden... Is, it, is there something more credible about an English I accent? Think, I think so. I Must think be, that's right? what's going on. They must sell more gold because of that or something. Now they got that whole Rupert <clears throat> Murdoch thing going on. Yeah. Uh, but isn't that a UK company? That well, I know he's over there, company. that's for sure. He owns yeah. tons of papers over there. Because the guys interviewed him, I was watching it this morning. Oh, is he British? Um, well, the guys that were asking the questions oh. certainly were. I see. So it was like, so well, what's with all these? Yeah. With the phone taps. <laughs> I haven't followed that story very closely, but oh, okay. uh, I, I hear what you're saying. That's good. Well, anyway, we're talking about Social Security. Yeah. Let's get back to that. All right. And uh, if you want to do it in an English accent, Ethan, I would encourage it. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. People like it. I say it can't be done. It can't be done. It's money. Right. So um, should we be worried about it? I mean, we've got uh, – the reason I brought up the gold thing is because it was about deficits are going through the roof. Everything's going to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like an odd, uh, on the gold thing, last comment, Ethan, we'll go right back to Social Security. You sure? I just get a little nervous about um, somebody who's being paid to sell gold telling you that you should buy it, and not only that, then you can get an $80 report. Um, so I called, I'm going to get it, um, but they couldn't give it to me. They had to call me back, and the guy called back and left a message, and... So I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of excited about the adventure. I'm going to go down and get this gold report. Cool. Um, but it's an odd thing even to buy a strategy, not because the investment itself has characteristics of an investment um, or evolved around producing money, but nothing more than entirely fear of a collapse in the system. Right. Um, I, there's something in the long term that that you know if you said hey does gold have some diversification value um, maybe an argument can be made because we do include some generally diversified commodities into the portfolio yeah um, should it be all of the portfolio I mean they act as on these commercials as if there's thing you should be putting everything into it um, yeah in my view that it kind of goes back to the the traditional approach of, of Wall Street right which is yeah constantly saying oh you should be be all here or out of the market or be all somewhere else you know what I mean you're gonna be yeah. in all one stock or be in all one part of the market be in tech when it's hot being gold when it's hot and then the, then be out when it's not that type of stuff yeah it's just those things are obviously uh, I mean 
the track record of those types of things that don't work out. Well, when well. you're the guy selling the gold, there's never a bad. It was kind of comical because it seems, well, is it's hitting new highs. It's never a better time to buy it. And I'm like, well, there would have been a better time. It would have been any time before now. would have been a better time. <laughs> would have been cheaper, right? <laughs> How could you say it's never been a better t- It's never been a better time. Um, <laughs> right. Well, it would have been when Just, it was uh, 4000 you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, what's it, a 1500 1600 an ounce now? Yeah, something like that. Would have been a much better time when it was 800 an ounce to buy it. Yeah, or back in the, two, it was the 2030 case. or something, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, much better time. Um, there was some other comment that was made about, that was a very uneducated comment about the return um, and inflation and such. Because gold hasn't been, over the long, long term, a, uh, a great inflation-beating asset class. It has during certain times and very poor during other very long times. But we, we've talked about that. Yep. And that's a different, uh, that's a horse of a different color, Ethan. True so, enough. Let's... Um, Get back into this. Uh, hey, no, that's a cow. Let's get back into the uh, Social Security. Is it going to be there? You know, are these? If if the gold guy was was right, um, you know, and that's part of the premise, we're not going to have any funds because the whole yeah. thing's going down. Well, the issue I have, I mean, one of the things yeah, that, the issue? there's two couple things. One of them is that on the media, uh, you tend to hear bankruptcy of Social Security. All right, like that's typically the headline or what's what's kicked around or what's talked about. And we've talked about this off the air that bankruptcy mean, to means to me means so you got you got some serious issues, like it may not may not be around there to make payments and of you know pay your obligations and that sort of thing. Yeah. But the issue is this, in my view, there isn't really the right way to frame it. They're usually talking about when they say bankruptcy, talking specifically about the the Social Security trust fund itself, of which currently um, it does pay some of the benefits, but the vast majority of benefits that are included in people's checks actually come from current revenue, current tax revenue for the vast three quarters of the. Uh, for 75% or in this case 77% of the time is paying the social security checks the difference is coming from the trust fund okay so if the trust fund goes to zero does that mean social security st- no more social security checks and the answer is no because again 77% of the checks are covered by current revenues tax revenues right you and i paying our portion of the of the social security tax correct and to the, the gap that's expected to to grow over the course of the next many years, um, and exhaust the, the current trust fund yeah. in 2036, I think it is, um, to bridge that gap to prevent that from happening, all that would have to be done is simply raise the payroll taxes to 16.7 percent right. from the current level of 15.3. Over the course of the next, I think I had it to in, in the report it says to over the course of 2084. By that time, gradually. Wait a minute, 2084? That's correct. Wow. So that's, that's, a long, that's a long time. You could take it real small increments, obviously, if you got that many years to divide it over. Yeah, I see. And, what and you're then you saying. solve the problem, you fill the gap, and, and the current benefits, as they are currently promised, will be delivered. That's the only change was made. That was it. Current benefits would be paid. So it's a pretty minor adjustment, is really what it, what it gets down to. Do you think a lot of this, um, because they could make even a more. Historically, we've had tax rates up into the 90% yeah, right, range. That's true. Um, and during tough times, uh, the big debate about the ceiling is right now that's going on is the, uh, hey, should we raise tax revenues or should we, um, because they both seem to be, both political major political parties seem to be on the same side in terms of we want to we not have continue to go further into debt. Right. We want to reduce the deficit. Clearly. The debate seems to be then around... Hey, should we do it by increasing tax revenue by various tax increases, or should we do it by cutting back on certain costs? Yeah, spending. Right. So if you've been alive on this planet and had any access to any media, that that's the current thing, and, the, and there's a lot of wrangling going on, I think. Um, it would be very – it wouldn't be that very uh, – wouldn't be very difficult to solve this problem with a combination of both. Yeah. Um, both the Social Security issue and this debt ceiling issue. That's correct. I think a lot of this is a bunch of political nonsense. Agreed. To try to better position your particular party and time that to various elections. Well said. And it's it's unfortunate, yes. but that's not our show. We're not a political show here, but it is unfortunate that we have to have these political parties rather than agreeing to elect representatives to get things done. Yeah and not have them be able to split into these factions. It really annoys me that that happens. 
And I wish, regardless of where you tend to lean, left or right, that we could all agree that we'd like to see things get done. Amen. Better. Brother. That being said, <laughs> I'm confident, you're confident, that we will get something done uh, because they probably fear that, hey, none of us want to get thrown out completely. <laughs> That's true right? And And I think when Americans do get a little angry, they do tend to show that in their the way they vote. Yeah, that's true. Um, and in the intensity that we vote. So uh, something is going to happen to get those programs shored up. Yeah, I'm positive. I'm hi- highly confident that's true. I think both the debt ceiling will be addressed, and I think that's the short-term issue here, and also the long-term issue of fixing Social Security. They will do something um, after all the political hoo-ha is over. At the end of the day, they'll get something done that uh, – for the vast majority of folks, people who are, I think, again, within striking distance, their Social Security benefits are not going to be changing. Right. They may do something for folks who are maybe uh, l- younger than a certain age. Maybe like, last time they, they adjusted things back in the early 80s, um, that's exactly what they did. They kind of revamped it a little bit. You know, we're living longer, and, and so there has to be some type of adjustment for that in the Social Security benefit system at some point. It's just the way it works. But I'm confident they'll come with something. Come and with something. there may be some uh, continuation of adjusting life expectancies or what normal retirement age is. Yeah. Which I think is reasonable because we are living much longer yep. than when the program was instituted. We are living longer as a population. When it first started, I, I heard that the average life expectancy was 65. Yeah. They so, didn't really expect it to be someone's retirement program. It was more of an insurance product. More or less, yeah. Right. It yeah. wasn't like, hey, we're doing this so someone who can can uh, draw an income off of Social Security for forty years it wasn't designed that way. That wasn't the statistics at that time. Correct. But we have been slower to evolve to that. Right. It was. It, it would seem that it was more of we don't want our elderly out there. You know, the ones that do make it. Right. Ethan, we've got to take a take a break here, but we'll uh, we'll be right back. We've got a few other topics that we want to talk about. When we come back. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. Thanks for joining us. If you want to get a hold of us here at the firm, we'd love to help you no matter where you are in the country. Um, we don't sell products or insurance or any of that kind of nonsense. We just want to help you make smart financial decisions. So if you don't have a retirement plan or a financial plan in place or a well-thought-out investment strategy, feel free to give us a call, 1-800-923-4307, and we'll do the best we can to help you out. If you are a financial advisor and you're looking for something different, something where the client's interest goes first, you're not compensated from sell- for selling products, uh, commissioned 
items, but actually for providing sound advice and being a guide for your clients, having a very strong support system, give us a call as well. Ethan, moving into the break, we was we were talking about we were talking about social security. Right. And basically what you're saying is don't worry about it, you're gonna cover it. You're gonna write a check. Right. Um <laughs> I think the odds are very good that there'll be uh social security around for the long term. Uh, I think taking that away or having that be diminished in any significant way would be Hugely traumatic, hugely, yeah. hugely problematic for, you know, right now there's over 50 million Americans who get Social Security checks. Yeah. And there's a lot more people who are on the cusp of receiving Social Security. And again, for those folks, uh, there's almost no, there'd be no political, the backlash would be so bad <laughs> in, in Washington. Yeah. No one's willing to do that. And again, the fixes are so easy. It's not like it's a hard problem to solve. So my view is, again, that the security benefits will be there for the long run. So if you're out there, then you would say, hey, it's it's probably um, part of that decision, and we won't go through it today because there was a few other things I want to get to. Okay. Uh, but part of your the process is whether or not people are letting that decision or their concerns about it affect when they're taking Social Security. Right, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's a good deal to wait sure. beyond your, your uh Normal retirement age. Some people take it are taking it early, right? The first moment they can take a reduced payment. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's sixty-two as an example, instead right. of sixty-five. And you're saying, well, you know, you shouldn't let this concern about whether or not the the payments are going to be diminished or around affect that decision. I think that was one of your major points. That's my main. Yeah, exactly right. right. Point number one. That's it. So hey, if if we're looking at reducing longevity risk, the fact that you might live too long. Or a very long time. Longer than you we're, expect. We're trying to design a portfolio, or you are uh, an income stream that's going to cover a long lifetime. Sometimes deferring Social Security and the, the, the benefits that go along with that deferment um, as an insurance policy outweigh the, uh, the immediate benefits of getting that check earlier in a reduced fashion. But part of that decision, I think you're, we were saying, it can be influenced by someone's view that I gotta, I gotta grab it and run. I don't know how long this is gonna be here. Yes. And you're saying don't take that attitude, particularly if you're really close to that decision. If you're 30, right now, yeah, maybe retirement age will go up, or maybe this benefits will be reduced in some kind of way. It's possible, yeah. It certainly makes sense to start building your own retirement plan to live the lifestyle you want, and yes. you have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's a good word, chap. It's well said. Well okay, said. Let's, let's move on. Um, so another topic, Ethan, let's uh, let's toss it out there. You, clients are, we talked about the debt, oh, the debt ceiling. Let's get back to, just to, how should that affect um, your investments? And so we've gotten questions about, hey, am I going to have to worry about my treasuries? Because often we use treasuries as the risk-free asset class. <laughs> yes, right. Don't worry about your treasury bonds. It, yeah. They're not going to default. Right. And uh, so get that, I guess, out of your mind right now. And one of the things that I would point to is if the world really thought that the U.S. was going to default, and I mean not delay an interest payment or something like that, which would be horrible. I don't think we should ever let that happen. Agreed. Uh, particularly when it's a would be a result of political wrangling. <laughs> yeah, it's hundred percent completely avoidable. Um, yeah, that would be totally ridiculous. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, I love that one. That's yeah, good. Exactly. But it shouldn't happen. And if it if it was really a risk, you would see interest rates on uh, U.S. Treasuries going through the roof. Yeah, and you'd also see the current prices of those securities. Uh, you know. They'd just be falling like rocks. But yet, uh, the opposite, well, they're not shooting up like rocks or, or rockets, I should say, but they're pretty steady. You know, the prices have been very stable over the course of the last couple of weeks in spite of the political wrangling around the debt ceiling and the possible default. In Greece, you know, you're talking about, uh, I've heard in the media them compare U.S., if we don't get this thing handled, to what, you know, Greece's situation. Um but what you have there, right? Their debt is nineteen twenty percent rate right now on, on yeah, Greek that's right. debt. Um, where our treasury, you know, if you're looking at uh, 
five-year treasury still sitting at like one and one and a half percent or so yeah i got 1.442 percent right yeah. now. yeah so that that wouldn't be the sign of a company that's in jeopardy or a, of a big downgrade or default you know we might go from triple a on a global basis to a double a or something that was right. the other that the rating agencies were threatening if we don't get this resolved um we're gonna we're gonna have to reduce the rating. <laughs> Nobody wants that either, and I think it would be ridiculous to allow that to happen. Yeah, right, right. But in, but it but it would be crazy to feel and to be adjusting and selling treasuries because you're worried about am I gonna get my payment on my treasury bond? Right. We got bigger, bigger problems to worry about if that's the case. Yeah, and I had heard and also gold is not the solution, by correct. the way. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, also, you know, it, it doesn't mean again that if if this debt ceiling isn't addressed, let's say it's not raised, it's not like there's no money to pay stuff, right? And the thing that goes to the very top is debt. So you're going to have to service the debt before you pay for other stuff. That's what it really means. So things like military spending, you know, other, other government programs, those things will likely be cut if, if the debt ceiling isn't passed or isn't raised, rather. Those things will be hit first and well in, well in advance of, of the U.S. debt defaulting on you know, interest payments and things. Certainly, if push comes to shove, there is a lot of fat in the system. You know what I mean? Right. That could be cut. And while no one's politically been willing to do that, if if push came to shove, I think that 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 there w- you would see some tough. Um, you, it's, I mean, you hear it all the time about the stuff that we're putting money towards. And uh, I don't have any. Cur- do you have any examples? Of it? But I, I hear it. I've heard a lot. Like, hey, we've got some fun that's going here to. I mean, just one thing comes to mind, and this is maybe not the... A lot of fat in this thing. Right. Just the funding and support for, like, Pakistan, right? I mean, I don't know. It's like $20 billion or something a year. Right. And that's just one country around the globe, right? There's lots of them around there that do receive uh, U.S. government support, uh, taxpayer support, I should say. Um, so there's lots of, lots of things that could be cut that would, n- would not mean default on U.S. debt. Now, how does... Let's switch gears uh, to... Okay, the market's going up and down, gyrating day to day based on this news and concerns about again with Europe's debt and then now with our debt ceiling and mm-hmm. then today the market's up because I believe because uh, corporate earnings were coming out pretty strong, yep. except for Bank America <coughs> took a huge loss. Yeah, right. uh, writing off the mortgage settlements for countrywide. Uh, you know, so we could talk about that. Uh, in a different show, maybe? Either way is fine. Okay. Well, I just think that's interesting. The firms that are supposedly giving financial advice to a lot of people through their various subsidiaries and programs have, a, have had a very difficult time without government support managing their own money. Right, right, right. But yet they still garner billions, if not trillions of dollars to manage for people. I don't... Very little track record of of success in terms of the approaches that they engage in for the average individual. They're making a lot of money. No doubt about that. Historically, on that part of their company, which is the funny part, Ethan, the part of their company that was is charging individuals to give advice is profitable. That's not how it was managing their own investments and some of the risks that they were that these financial entities were taking um, where they were losing the money. Yes. So anyway, uh, but I digress once more. It's all right. It's all right. It's, all right. it's, it's okay. Um, the, 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 you had said that the, another question is, hey, with times and things changing so and so much stuff happening, mm-hmm. um, how do you stay on top of it all, and how do you address that in a portfolio? Yeah, that's right. I, I you was know, meeting with a client today, and I got the, a similar question about that and we've heard we hear it frequently hey this time is so different than any other time period in history or hey that this this kind of time period takes a very dynamic approach to things um and certainly you want to be aware of everything that's going on if it relates uh you know as an investment management manager we want to be aware of what's going on and i think it's you know we're quick to understand or to go out and find out what what's going on in the market, but we're very slow to make fast reactions to that. Mm-hmm. And while the circuit headlines tend to change from time to time, um, and while you could say, hey, this time it was different, the underlying factors 
that drive the market have changed very little over a longer period of time. And I can, I can explain that in more detail if, if, if you think that would be worthwhile. Yeah, I think we should. We're, we're coming up real close to the break. Why don't we circle back around uh, after the break and come up with our last segment? We can start with that. Okay. And in the meantime, uh, just a reminder for our contact information. It's uh, right here in the Seattle office. Ask for Ken or Ethan. Mention the radio. Uh, it's 800-923-4307. Or again, at, uh, via email at contact at empiradio.com. And we're about, uh, we'll take a break and we'll come right back. All right, we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back. Hi, we're talking about the... uh Medley of headlines here in the in the news, uh, and how that affects an investor and their portfolio, Ethan, and the decisions you make, and the questions that we get as professionals um, oftentimes relate to us. You know, they come down to how do you guys predict the how do you predict the future almost? You know, and how do you adjust to that? Yeah, what do you like? What do you get the questions like? What are you doing now based on the debt debt situation, debt ceiling discussions? Or what do you do about any, any other number of nebulous topics like that? Right. And I think the, the, um, the issue is in the question. You, you know, the, the uh, ailment lies within that question as to why were we trained, as, why have we been as a society trained to believe that that's, you have to be doing something? Yep. Right? You have to be change, constantly changing your portfolio around. And it's almost like we're Pavlov's dogs here, where as soon as the news comes on, we start salivating. We don't even know why, right? <laughs> it's just, and do this experiment on yourself. I mean, we, we joke around about when we were doing the show here recently, and I had the, uh, the exchange in the background, and how that just changes the nature and how you feel uh, when you feel that there's chaos ensuing. You know the things are happening, and it makes you wanna. It makes you wanna. I'm gonna click it on here. But, oh, there we go. Um, suddenly now, it's things are happening. We got to get down there. You know, and you feel motivated to do things. Do something. Um, if I just had a quiet room with some light music playing, maybe some incense, you wouldn't be so excited, right? You wouldn't feel. But that's all part of the strategy that Wall Street has built, which was based back on the early foundation of, of it of, of selling stock you had to get out there and pump stock for commission purposes for commission purposes to generate a living pay commission you uh, got companies do needed to get capital to right raise capital so the early early wall street was a function of people getting out there and they needed capital to get their companies going yeah somebody had to sell that that company and get those shares out there moving and so the idea of a broker that would go out and sell the stock right 
that's much different than our view of today of how someone should receive individualized, customized financial planning and investment management advice. Because somebody <laughs> brokering, right, raising yeah. capital to buy stocks. But the industry evolved for a long time based on that model. That's right. We've got a product. That product needs to be sold. We've got a sales team, just like we were selling cars, right? Get out on the showroom and sell this thing, right? You know, and the, the, and the issue isn't to help folks necessarily. No, it had it's nothing to, to do with to that. make a profit. It's yeah. to make a buck, right? For the companies, it was raising capital. You're, for the brokers, it was getting the commission for selling for peddling those. You're those like the real sleazy used car guy, right? I buy a car for hundred bucks, I sell for two thousand bucks. Yeah, that's a good deal. Forget about it, right? Yeah. So. If you have that understanding, and then you say, well, where did the media fit into all of this? Well, you know, they sell advertising, and the more viewers they can capture. And over time, right, they have to be sensational to get your attention. And keep it. And keep it. I mean, during yep. the 90s, there was all of a sudden Financial News Network was on. You go to the gym, you go to bars, you go... And it was easy for them to mop up and really exploit what was going on in the market at that time. And then you had the technology that we didn't have, you know, a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. But if if you are under if you're understanding those things, you can help to start to frame and say, hey, why why do I feel this way? Why do I feel that just because we're in different, you know, we go through the debt ceiling or um, it was oil concerns, right? Just, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, it was something, it's something entirely different, different constantly, <laughs> yeah. right? right? Right. And if you tried to adapt, what would happen? Well, what would happen is what we see in the results of publicly uh, of publicly published professional mutual fund managers, right? And the studies we see on the performance of individuals, everyone's trying to ascertain what the current day's news and events are. How many of them are are able to do that and outperform a very simple strategy of buying a, a market index and holding that index? For a long period of time, and it's very, very, very few is the answer, Ethan. That's exactly I right. I need to educate you about that. Yeah, the, I, I told the, the person I was meeting with today. I, I basically said the same thing that hey, those are the, those are games that active managers play, and the the track record of those active managers over the years is 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 horrible. So we don't do that strategy on purpose because we know it leads to bad results. Instead, we focus on things we actually can control. You know, it's that, that game again. It's focus on things you actually have some influence over. I have no influence over what happens with the death ceiling. I don't, you know, I personally have nothing to do with that. But I can decide to have an allocation that's reasonable for me. I can decide to be sure, darn sure, that I'm diversified across equity and bonds and stick with the program. I know that works. And in every case that we've gone through these times, and it's, hey, this time it's different kind of a scenario, the falling back on the science of investing and saying, hey, this is how it was intended. This is how... Of a free, a well-functioning capital market should work. It's not perfect, you know. It'd be great if if you could buy stocks and never have them go down, right? And and not have to. But there, there is something about that risk return relationship that enables you to be compensated for that risk if you do it right. And if you own, like in this example, if you said, "Hey, I feel like the U.S. government's got some issues." Well, we talked about the the better approach is, first of all, make sure that you don't have too much exposure to stocks at any time relative to your capacity to take on risk. Mm-hmm. Secondly, whatever amount you do have exposed into stocks, you certainly don't want to be focused in too small a number. And now, one of the exciting things I was asked recently, well, what's exciting to you about you being an advisor in today's time and what will happen over the next 20 years as an example. Well, one of the things that's very exciting to me that we happen to be alive during this period as advisors, Ethan, is that the tools that we have to build a better financial house, as it were, did not exist even 20 years ago, if you think about it. it's almost night and day difference. So we have the ability to diversify on a global basis as new capital markets have been springing up all over the world yep. in the last several decades, and new market systems where property rights are coming into play, um, where fair and liquid markets are coming out more and more, 
you now have the ability to spread if you say hey, what happened during world war ii right you had markets go out of get crushed germany and um and the japanese markets yeah, and Italian. things but if if you were a domestic investor but had the ability to invest across the world you had protection just like you do when you own an index fund and one or two companies goes under you still had the other 400 and if it was the s p 500 you still had 498 stocks that didn't go under and not only that a certain amount of them did very well and overall you were rewarded with higher than risk-free treasury or cd rates for the risk you took over the long run and you did much better than the person who exposes themselves. We talked about the Fisher approach last week. Mm-hmm. Exposes themselves to high levels of risk at some time and no risk at other times. They have a very poor track record of the long run of getting to where you want to go. That's right. Either we are out of time, and I know that makes you very ups- uh, unhappy, but uh, I can't help it. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Tune in. We'll have more exciting stuff. Thanks a lot. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.